Hello, and welcome to the Ontario Animal Health Network podcast for horse owners. I'm your host, Dr. Allison Moore, coordinator for the Equine Network. Today, we'll be doing a recap of horse health issues as seen by equine veterinarians for the fourth quarter of 2018. So that would include the period from October to December. As a reminder, the Ontario Animal Health Network Equine Network is a dedicated group of veterinarians from primary care practices, academia, government, and laboratories who meet quarterly to discuss equine diseases and other health issues, all with the goal of improving the health of Ontario's horses and horse industry. October to December is generally a quieter time for our equine veterinarians as it falls at the tail end of our competition and stake season and is just before the breeding season gets into full swing. In October, our veterinarians saw some horses struggling with equine asthma, otherwise known as recurrent airway obstruction or heaves. Some of these cases were difficult to control with the usual treatments aimed at reducing airway inflammation. This was thought to be due to challenges in the environment, such as increased levels of dust and molds. Sporadic cases of strangles were reported, as they often are during this time, highlighting the need to be consistent with biosecurity practices, particularly with new additions to the farm. High fevers were noted in several barns after yearlings were purchased from sales in the United States. Although very little testing was done to identify the respiratory viruses involved, in this age group the culprits generally are equine rhinitis A virus, equine influenza, or co-infection with equine herpes 2 or 5. Unfortunately, for some of these yearlings, pneumonia developed from secondary bacterial infections. Although in Ontario we don't have a vaccine for equine rhinitis A virus, we do have vaccines available for equine influenza and equine herpes 1 and 4. If you have a horse that is at a higher risk for contracting these diseases, such as those horses that travel to areas where they might commingle, such as at competitions, shows, fairs, and racetracks, you would be well advised to vaccinate against these particular diseases. Please talk to your veterinarian for the most appropriate vaccines for your horse. During the fourth quarter, our network members from the northern, eastern, and southwestern parts of the province all reported seeing impaction colics. A sudden drop in temperature often causes horses to drink less, and that combined with less exercise from keeping them in the barn, as well as increasing the amount of hay fed to keep them warm, will often predispose horses to impaction colics. Our members from the northern and eastern parts of the province reported seeing an increase in horses with laminitis. They felt that higher rainfall in September and October led to regrowth of pasture grass, that regrowth contains more sugar and, when eaten, exacerbates laminitis in susceptible horses and ponies. Temperature extremes during this quarter were also blamed for an increase in exertional rhabdomyolysis or tying up in our equine athletes. Significant fluctuations in the weather are a stress to horses prone to tying up, and that in combination with a lack of turnout due to poor footing as well as not reducing the amount of concentrate fed can exacerbate tying up episodes. During this quarter, aborted fetuses were submitted to the Animal Health Lab at the University of Guelph for autopsies. Some fetuses died due to umbilical torsions and others had congenital defects. 
Other causes of abortion may include bacterial or fungal infections of the placenta, viral infections such as equine herpes virus, fescue toxicity, twinning, and insufficient attachment of the placenta. It is important to know the cause of abortion in your mare so that it can be prevented, if possible, in following years, as well as to protect other mares on the farm who are yet to foal. Seven cases of West Nile virus encephalitis were diagnosed in the fourth quarter, bringing the total for the year to 11. Three of those horses were euthanized. Since it is difficult to predict where West Nile virus and Eastern equine encephalitis virus will show up in the province, it is important that all horses are vaccinated for these two diseases. If you want to see where these diseases have occurred in the province in previous years, do an internet search for equine neurological diseases at the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food, and Rural Affairs or go to www.omafra.gov.on.ca backslash English backslash livestock backslash horses backslash West Nile .htm. During the fourth quarter, there was also an outbreak of equine influenza in Middlesex County at a barn that had both vaccinated and unvaccinated horses. The veterinarian reported that unvaccinated horses developed high fevers, nasal discharge, and cough, whereas the vaccinated horses were only mildly affected, demonstrating the benefit of this vaccine. Every quarter, the network monitors the results of certain tests submitted to laboratories in the province. One of these tests is the fecal egg count test, which measures the number of gastrointestinal parasite eggs in a gram of manure. Small strongyle eggs are the most commonly detected, with roundworm eggs often seen in young horses. We monitor the number of tests that show greater than 500 eggs per gram, as this can indicate the number of horses classified as high egg shedders, and, as well, if the percent of tests greater than 500 eggs per gram increases year over year, this could represent increasing resistance of the parasites to dewormers. Fortunately, this percent has been roughly the same for the last few years at 14% of tests showing greater than 500 eggs per gram. Veterinarians continue to stress the importance of this type of testing to control the overuse and misuse of dewormers. If parasite resistance is a concern, then a fecal egg reduction test should be performed. Parasite resistance to dewormers is a farm problem. Farm owners should be aware that when new horses arrive on the farm, they bring with them the parasites they harbor in their intestines. If they have resistant parasites, these parasites will shed eggs, creating the potential for a resistance population to develop on that farm over time. This is another reason why new additions should be quarantined and, particularly if coming from suspect farms, should be screened for parasite resistance using a fecal egg reduction test. During the fourth quarter, there was an increase in the number of blood tests for selenium that showed low concentrations. Veterinarians will test for selenium concentrations in the blood for a variety of reasons, but the most common are to assess the horse for infertility issues or muscle disorders. The soil in much of Ontario is deficient in selenium, which is why the mineral is added to our commercial feeds. 
Horses on commercial feeds may need additional selenium supplementation depending on how much concentrate they eat, and horses not on concentrate should receive supplementation. Do not overfeed selenium, though, as toxicity can occur. Discuss your horse's selenium needs with your veterinarian or equine nutritionist. There was a decrease in the number of tests positive for Lyme disease during 2018 at 27% down from 36% of tests in 2017. This decrease in the number of positive tests is likely due, in part, to a greater awareness about Lyme disease in the province, as well as a greater focus on tick prevention. The number of tests for Potomac horse fever submitted was increased in 2018, likely due to a project that was led by the Equine Network. The total number of positive tests for Potomac horse fever, though, were lower than in 2017, and there were no positive tests in the fourth quarter. That sums up the pertinent information for the fourth quarter of 2018. Just to mention, there was an advisory that went out in January from the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs. Two cases of equine herpes viral abortion were reported at a farm in Haldeman County. Every year we have some equine abortions due to equine herpes virus. The aborted fetus, as well as the placenta and uterine fluids contain a large amount of virus, which then contaminates the environment. An important lesson from these abortion cases is this. Do not keep pregnant broodmares in the barn with other horses, such as competition horses, race horses, boarders, school horses, or non-pregnant broodmares, nor should you keep them on pasture together. If the mare aborts in their presence, those horses will be exposed to the virus. If the mare aborts in a barn, those horses are also at risk for exposure, especially if biosecurity measures are suboptimal or non-existent. The mare who aborted will also shed the virus from her nose. Exposed horses are at risk of developing the neurological form of herpes, called equine herpes myeloencephalopathy. As well, horses in contact with an aborted mare, the aborted fluids, or who share the same staff, should be quarantined for a minimum of 28 days. So vaccinate your broodmares to protect against herpes viral abortion and have a plan for housing or grouping your broodmares before the last trimester arrives. Smaller groups will make managing infectious disease in the herd much easier. I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Ontario Animal Health Network podcast for horse owners. Please look for our next podcast in May when we discuss horse health issues from the first quarter of 2019. This is Dr. Allison Moore for the Equine Network of the Ontario Animal Health Network.